record. Let me play with my knobs just a tiny bit. Mm, that's good. Oh, you always playing with the knobs. Hey, I gotta get my knobs just right. I like my knobs a certain way, and uh, every now and then someone will come in here and mess with my knobs. So you gotta <laughs> gotta get in there and get it back to normal. Yeah, it's funny that we're talking about the Astro Boss, and I think that that game's about playing with knobs a lot. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. This is the Enemy Slime Podcast. It's episode number 130. I am your usual host, Jared, and tonight I am joined by Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. Hello. And I have Mr. J. Joseph Jr. I want to point something out. Uh, all right, go right ahead. So, um, Michael and Doug are missing tonight, and I just want to point out that this is how the podcast used to be before you let all the minorities in. <laughs> Before I let them... Oh, oh, I see. I see. So are you guys going to do a, a Utah seat? I mean, I don't know. Will, will a Utah seat? I mean, if any yeah. if anybody's going to leave the country, it's Texas, right? And I think that's where Michael is right now, working... So you think, you, you think Michael is instigating that? I Maybe. I mean, I hope while he's down there, he tries to talk him into it a little bit. Um, I have been sending messages to Ted Cruz too. And I mean, I don't want to get super political, but with these, you know, Supreme Court decisions, it's any day now. Texas is just going to pack up their bags and say, "See you later." So, if if we had a great, if we had like an enemy slime in out referendum, <laughs> what would we call it? Um, Slimsit. It makes it. I can't <laughs> believe it's not a country. I don't know. <laughs> We'll come up with something. It'll be great. And then we'll all vote one way on it and then be shocked when it wins. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, anyway, that's, you a little, this that's just a little topical humor for you folks. We like to stay topical here at the Enemy Slime podcast. And uh, this has been a good week to have topics. Um, we had a, a couple of great pieces of news that, that I, I enjoy each one of these individually. Um, why don't we start with the most recent one? which is the uh, Ford Freedom Sales Event, which is on right now. Um, and they... You know it's good because it has freedom in the name. It's got freedom in the name. Uh, it's the perfect thing to complement our upcoming 4th of July weekend. Uh, and what what says summer more than a forest fire? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I think summer, I think, I think cool uh, brewskis in the cooler... Uh, I think of nice flip flops by the pool, and I think of uh, a, a, your forest. a calamity, uh, a forest fire. Um, and so Ford obviously did as well because as they scrolled through, I, I love this um, this website that they cited. I, I can't find it now. It's like widewallpapers.info or something like that. And um, <laughs> they they found a they found a picture of Firewatch, uh, some promotional art from Firewatch, and they decided that would be the uh, background that they would apply to their promotional event. And uh, Gama Sutra uh, reached out to them and let them know that this is you know like copyrighted material and it belongs to a video game. And like I I think that the story is not even that interesting. But what I find very interesting is that Ford just basically wrote back like, well, we got it from a website that we think is pretty reliable. <laughs> And it's one of those websites that sound like each time you log in, it's stealing all your information. They, they think there's wiggle room here. They're like, well, you say it's a video game, but is it? I mean, is it really? I, I, think, I, think that's the, I think that's the great part to me where it, it, it's like, okay, fair enough if they used it and they thought they got it. Um, 
from some free website or whatever, and then it was like, okay, my bad. We didn't know this was a property, but this one was like, yeah, fuck it. It's <laughs> just well, going to keep it. My son says that if I get it from Google search, it's legit. <laughs> I, I just, you know, we sit here and we have all these content creators who are having their material consistently removed from YouTube when it's completely legal. It boggles my mind that Ford is going to be running a... They have a video ad with this art in it. And I bet you that video ad's going to run on YouTube and going to stay up there just fine. No yep. problem. I, I just It blows my mind. It's amazing. Has, has, has the studio behind Firewatch said anything about it? I don't think Campo Santo has said anything. Uh, the art belongs to Ali Moss. And I can tell you right now, Ali Moss is not cheap. Right. Um, that would be a very expensive man to design your Ford Freedom campaign. And um, I have a feeling that he has the ability to stop this, I would think. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens. But I mean, it, it's just the it, I think it's not very noteworthy news until you get to the part where Ford's ba- where they tell Ford and Ford's basically just like, eh. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, well, fucking ever. Yeah, I don't feel like doing it again. Well, I- well, before it was like um, I, I, it's a video I the original game. story. The original story was that they got it from like wallpapers.info, but then then someone else emailed them and like, no, this came from Ford. This came from Ford. This is ours. Oh yeah, they did say that. They <laughs> they tried to say they made it. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> That's fucking great. Just amazing. <laughs> I just I don't I if I had known that. Our website would look wildly different. <laughs> I can just take whatever key art I want and put it anywhere. Um, I don't know, man. It just kills me because like I go to these great pains to make sure that like I'm not stealing screenshots from other websites, and that if we use stuff, it's like actually approved for promotion. And, right. And then Ford yeah. just rolls in and makes a fucking commercial. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you. But I bet you, if we started stealing like content, it would like come out on us. Oh yeah, we'd we they'd close our what they'd they they'd close our You're website. Fuck yeah, we'd have to like start paying them money from our thing that never made any money. It'd be amazing. <laughs> It'd be a dream come true. But anyway, no, yeah, like I said, nothing says Ford Freedom like uh, <laughs> like stealing. Like, <laughs> like, the, 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 the freedom, freedom to use someone else's hard work. Yeah. Right, free to use other people's art assets. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's been an interesting kind of development this week. And then the other, uh, I mean, we've got a lot of good stuff here. Um, we, so you may have noticed we, there was not a we, podcast. We should call it Fordgate. Fordgate. There we go. Um, I mean, that's disrespectful to all the people affected by the other big gate scandal out there. The only other gate scandal. The only uh, gate scandal that ever mattered. The only gate scandal I ever heard of. And that's right. <laughs> I, I am, of course, talking about our former president, Richard Nixon. <laughs> Tricky no. dick. Old Tricky Dick, everybody's favorite president, <laughs> mine included. Uh, Mighty Number no. Nine launched last week uh, to great critical dismay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the game averaged very middling scores, typically threes, uh, sometimes as low as fours out of ten, uh, but usually about three out of five. You know um, the, the 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 best sign is when um, when the head of kind of kind of your um, North American arm when he releases a press statement and he's like, "Well, guess what? 
it's better than nothing. Now, uh, that actually, that one, I did some more digging on that. Uh, Inafune, it is in Inafune, right? Yeah. Um, I, I get it mixed up with the uh, Castlevania dude. Um, and now yes, I, I can't think of his name. But uh, he, so to his credit, he does not actually say that. Yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was um, some liberties that were taken by the guy who translated it. Right, it's his translator who who's uh, d- taking a moment to defend the game. But, you know, anytime a translator says anything, uh, you can see why the mainstream press would consider that to be a direct quote from Inafune. So. <laughs> <sighs> So yeah. Anyway, he um he but yes the the quote that heard around the world is well it's better than nothing. Uh, I, th- I, I thought he was a little more. Sonic. I thought he was like a like, little more than just a translator. I thought he had like a position of authority. No, he he does oh. he does. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I mean I don't know what his role is, but but the quote was just misappropriated to, yeah, to yeah, Inafune yeah. by most. It wasn't Inafune being flippant and being like, hey, well you know what, you got a game. What are you complaining about? It reminded why, me. Why, why would he be flipping if he needs to start a fifth uh, Kickstarter over this? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, it's it, it's a video that reminds me a lot of a similar video that was made by uh, Peter Molyneux uh, when Goddess was having its. Do you guys remember that video where he he filmed himself with like two other people from the studio and yeah. they were basically just <laughs> yeah, like sitting so there with a laptop and and apologizing almost. <laughs> I feel like this is kind of something like that. Um, I don't think a lot of people are super surprised that Mighty Number no. Nine was a turd. We we had that pegged for a while now. Yeah. Um, things would have been suspicious for some time. I don't know if you guys have looked at gameplay footage, but it, it doesn't look. It looks really boring. Great. Well, it looks it looks like they spent most of their time developing the end credits. There's something about it that just has no character uh, to me. Like it, it, Mega Man. When I think of like the bosses in Mega Man, there's like they stand out, and there's cool ones. And you're like, oh, I want to go fight that guy. He's got scissors on his fucking head. And right. uh, I just you, this game does not elicit those kind of vibes uh, at all. So uh, I mean, there's a lot of problems, and we we won't know for certain because I think everyone here has uh, basically said not it. And we all <laughs> we all said it at once, so don't expect a mighty number nine review on the site anytime soon. But I did. Yeah, something gonna be happening. I did get a pretty good look at it at E3 last year, and uh, or was it PAX? I don't remember one of those shows, and uh, it was not looking good. Things... Well, the problem is like when you have games that are out um, that are relatively recent, right? When you have games like Gunfall, and when you have games like Ares, which we actually did review. Um, that have already taken that kind of Mega Man formula and have put their own little kind of um, spin on it and everyone's flocking to this and it's like, oh, that's the old Mega Man gameplay that I remember. That's the old Mega Man X gameplay that I remember. And then you reach uh, Mighty Number no. 9 and it looks like something a two-year-old did in Unity. <laughs> it's not I mean, great. Uh, uh, <sighs> I guess if it was an alpha, it would be like, oh, well, you know, with some work, this could be something. Well, the the thing is, is like they've even showed footage that looked way better than what they actually delivered. I remember in the Kickstarter, the stuff they showed was pretty, like pretty the, good. The early game footage looked like it ran a lot better and, and looked better. And I mean, it was just kind of nicer across the board. Um, you know, I think so, I think I think that that um, our old editor, Jason, could make a game by himself. That's better than Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, and he's the worst. Yeah, he oh, sucks. I mean, he's good. He's like, he's like, <laughs> I, I, uh, 
you know, he, even he, he could do better. Alpha. Even he could do better. <laughs> <laughs> he did an alpha. He did an alpha of a of a of a platformer that people were working on, and um, uh, like I swear to God, it's 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 these little characters running around using magic, all this kind of shit, and it feels it feels a lot more like Mega Man than anything that Mighty Number no. Nine stuff. Yeah, that's true. Black Border Gate, I remember it. The third worst black, gate. Black, black Border Gate. <laughs> Black Border Gate to go along to go along with a nine gate. Don't nine gate. Don't bother googling that one, kids. You're not gonna should find we, it. Should we talk about a uh, tiny there's gate? Like uh, internal jokes to keep keep the audience entertained. Yeah, we gotta we gotta you know spin those uh, those inside jokes along. Yeah, tiny build uh, and G two A. Before we go to that, I want to take a moment because I don't think anybody appreciates how much of a fuck up in every single step of the way. <laughs> Mighty number nine Kickstarter has been because like there's a lot of things that went wrong. Like everything, that, went wrong. everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong. It's like you know there was That's... a stupid issue with the community manager, and then there was the um, you know the backer rewards haven't been sent out. The credits are like done in the worst possible way. The fucking credits. Oh oh, don't forget the uh, the um, uh, publisher that they introduced after raising a million dollars. The publisher, yeah, yeah. So but, I mean, it's it it amazing how like come fund you know our indie you, you game published by Deep like Silver. You know what you what the fuck you two sound like to me? You sound like anime fans on prom night. <laughs> we are anime fans on prom night. I'm not <laughs> crying nearly as much as an anime fan on prom night would. Well, I didn't back the game, so I don't think I'm gonna be crying how as much. How fucking stupid are you to put that in your goddamn commercial? <laughs> When you were just kickstarting an anime like the week before, boggles my mind. You were kickstarting an anime for that game. I know he doesn't speak English. He kickstarted two animes. The only thing I can think of is they showed him the English commercial, and he's like, "It is very good." He didn't say that because he doesn't speak fucking English. But these words. I mean, Jesus. I I just. I'm not even sure. Like 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 our our Japan expert isn't here. But I'm not even sure you get away with this Japan. Like you're not gonna say, "Oh hi, I said you model otaku on prom night," and you know I don't I don't think that's gonna fly anywhere. <laughs> no, I, I I don't think so. It doesn't seem like something that people would like. Uh, and and we learned we learned that they didn't. So you know, um, what does the future hold for Mighty Number no. Nine? I don't know. Hopefully, Mighty Number no. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, I don't think anybody wants this. You think they're just going to drop it and forget about it? They promised DLC with more female characters. Oh, did they? they did. Yep. <laughs> yes. Thank God. They did another Kickstarter for the DLC. Um. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it's like I said, it's been a fuck up every step of the way. It is truly. How long? Easy. How long did it take to watch the credits? Four hours. Four hours. You do. You guys know, uh, according to how long to beat, uh, the game is four hours. One thing that's very interesting too is like if you back the game, right? They give you a there's a donor code that you got. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they put all the donor codes in. That's why they didn't put like you know ten thousand uh, you know anonymous backers of however many they had. It's because they just put all the donor codes. Oh right, because wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. So like, so like who? <laughs> so the first person who donated is like Mighty Number Ten, and right. so they have all these numbers, and so that's why. What they should have done is taken all the anonymous donors and condensed them at yeah, the end. Yeah. But they felt right. like they needed to show everybody's number. Right. Now, the thing is, it's not in, in alphabetical order. So 
Let's say that you enjoyed the uh, Bold House or whatever the fuck you pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you are donor number, you know, 300,000 or whatever. You have to wait like three and a half hours to see your fucking name up here in the credits. Well, I just skipped it. I assume everyone knows their number. Or at least I would hope. Uh, no, they don't. Really? That's fucking stupid. Of course it I is. Don't, I don't even... What makes you think of all the things that we spoke about this Kickstarter that it wouldn't be? That's... I can't. I can't even. I can't even keep, keep track of what Kickstarters I've actually donated to, let alone like certainly not Mighty Number no. Nine. <laughs> well, I just would have thought they'd email you and be like, "Thanks for your donation. Your number is two or but something." But see, that's the thing. That's a, people have even been people have even done credits better, right? It's like uh, uh, feature films where they're like, eh, eh, "Okay, throw all them up on the screen at once, and we're done." Or it's like, "Okay, if we have too many." Here's a website where we're going to honor you, and here's a special thanks in the credits. But Mighty Number no. 9, they had to make uh, four hours of credits. I think that this is, and, and filmmakers, uh, uh, book writers, anybody um, who is creating any kind of material whatsoever to be consumed for entertainment purposes, here is a helpful tip from me, Jared, uh, which is if your credits or index is longer than the source material that preceded it <laughs> you have done a bad job and you need to you need to go back and you need to start over and tr just try again because it, it didn't work and uh that that works for everything if you guys went to a movie and the credits were longer than the movie you'd be weirded out right you'd be like of course you'd be like goodness me how did this happen so it's like you know what i Ubisoft bothers me with their fucking 15-minute-long credits that they have. And, and and they're basically a major studio, right? They have all these supercomputers running all over the world. And at least everyone I'm watching in those credits actually worked on the game. <laughs> yeah, you, got, much, you have, you have to remember that Ubisoft basically has a small island nation working <laughs> on their games. Yeah, that's a given. I don't know, man. This shit's weird. <laughs> the whole thing the whole thing is strange um but yeah anyway that 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 happened so we'll see what uh what goes on next there i think what did one of the red ash kickstarters succeed i thought they had something that succeeded i i feel like the anime for red ash succeeded. yeah there was something. i know the anime you know um red ash got picked up by some chinese investors yeah so i mean they've got something to do they're gonna keep busy so that's the good news at least well, I can't wait until it comes out in like three more years and it's all just a bunch of stick animations on We're screen. We're going to love it. It's going to be so good. We're going to forget all about our lonely lives and how we've never had sex. And because instead, we're going to look like it's going to look like, you know, a Hannah or Barra cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, like, no, 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 no. I, I, I won't I won't let you saw Hanna-Barbera who was doing this in like the 40s with like <laughs> two, two fucking transparent sheets and like two animators, man. Yeah. That's an insult to Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, yeah, that's man. true. And I apologize. Hanna-Barbera was great. And I should have never dragged him down to the level of Red Ash. Mighty Thank you. I, I'm glad that you're sensitive to this. <laughs> So should we talk about this uh, key, Let's talk about G2A. This key market slap fight that we got to witness? Yes. Uh, so yes. this came out in like three parts, um, starting with G2A. Uh, or I'm sorry, starting with Tiny Build. Tiny Build has been posting uh, very informative blogs as of late. And one of the things that's <laughs> interesting 
about tiny build is they um, they're, like, they're like Perez Hilton informative. But go ahead. They they like to uh, not mince words, so to speak. Uh, they're they're definitely kind of doing their own thing. Anyway, they posted a article uh, that basically said um, G2A sold four hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of our game keys, and um, and they claim that a, a large portion of that is fraud. Um, and I mean, to those unfamiliar, G2A is a great concept that just doesn't have very good execution. The concept being, let's say you buy a Humble Bundle and you have one of the games in the Humble Bundle. Well, you would take it over to G2A and you would be able to sell that key on that website. They would serve as a facilitator uh, for you to sell that key to somebody who wants it at a you know pretty steep discount. And in that theory, everybody wins. The person who agreed to be in the Humble Bundle, they already got paid. And then you get paid a little bit. And uh, it's it's great success for everyone. But the problem is, is that what it, what is typically happening on G2A is people are acquiring keys illegally, either by tiny build posits that what they're doing is they're uh, getting a hold of stolen credit cards going to some kind of uh, uh, key reseller, buying a fuck ton of the credit uh, of the of the keys with the card on the deep web on the deep web. Yeah, they got it. Well, actually, they, they posit the dark web. Now, is the dark web different from the deep web? I don't know, but I don't know, but there's a very scary video game about one of them. I would stay. I would stay out of. Don't even type it into your search his, don't, your search don't, don't, don't go into the don't go into the dark web. A lot of fucked up shit happens. Don't there. figure. Don't it, you got to do a little extra stuff to get into the dark web? But you shouldn't be doing that. You got to stay out of there. Yeah. So you know, be good boys and girls, and don't don't do this. It's but, like it's like don't go into the matrix. But G two A does offer uh, a lot of very suspicious deals on games. Um, I've used it at least once or twice, uh, and I can definitely tell you that you feel kind of dirty after. You feel dirty if you get the key, because yeah. I'm one of those one time that you used it. Yeah, I, I sent you a copy of Rust, and Rust doesn't give out game keys, but they're doing something weird with gifts, and so they like they like gift you a copy of the game. It's it's strange. The whole thing is strange. Um, but anyway, G2A basically posted and said, hey, these guys are, you know, selling, uh, you know, half a million dollars worth of our property. And and their claim is that we didn't get paid for that. And they said they reached out to G2A to, to ask about this or inquire about the keys. And G2A wrote back to them and basically said, well, we got these keys from your resellers and, uh, you know, they're you've already been paid for them. That's effectively right. what G2A yeah. says. Um and so at this point, uh, basically, Tiny Build releases this blog post. G2A releases their own response. Tiny Build responds to their response. <laughs> and what should have happened is just Tiny Build should have posted their first thing and then just, just, and prob- then just probably stop. Taking the high road. Taking the high road. Just to look because, at so it better. All, all that's happening now is uh, all that's happening now is that look. One team does both, and you might not entirely agree how much uh, you, how much like the servers. But one team does both; they were naturally in the wrong, and other one seemed as though they were in the right, and it could have gone forward, and everyone would have respected this one up, this one entity, and and not to respect this other one. But then they had to go ahead and engage, and they had to go ahead and escalate. 
So all we have on our hands now is the video game version of Kanye West versus Taylor Swift. And the next thing you know, Tiny Build is going to show up naked as a wax statue in someone's bed. We can only hope. <laughs> yeah, we can certainly we can only hope. I mean, it does look like uh, Tiny Build has at least provoked some kind of uh, positive attempt for change in G2A's ranks because today, I believe this was today, um, they have uh, released their seven-point plan. I didn't even. I don't have an any-point plan for anything, uh, but they now have a seven-point plan for how to uh, basically kind of right the ship that is G2A. Would you guys like and to I, hear their seven? Yes, I, 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 I would like to hear. But, but but before you go into it, I would like to point out that part of the reason that um, this escalation between sides is um, is so kind of unappealing and why people say tiny bulge should stop because of her head is because it really did get kind of nasty, right? And it, 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 it had people implying things of the other group that wasn't great and basically people calling uh, liars like G2A definitely had some PR people, but Tiny Build did not. Right, and, right. And, and Tiny Build literally got to be like the schoolyard version of a fight. Well, oh, you better watch yourself. I'm going to come back with all my friends and here's what they all say. They all say they're you know, so I, I, I just wanted to clarify that. It's definitely I mean, it's definitely something where, like, y- there's there's winning an argument, and then there's winning an argument, and then, like, talking too much afterwards. <laughs> right. To the point where, like, I wish you didn't win the argument. <laughs> and it's, I think that's how our old Michael felt, didn't he? It's sort of like that. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. But, but, like I said, now we have these seven points. So let's hear the seven points. I'm very curious. Here are the new policies that they are planning to roll out. Uh, Number one, royalties on third-party auctions. Developers may apply a royalty of up to 10% for any of their products sold on the G2A marketplace, which provides a way for developers to monetize third-party transactions. So there you go. Um, So that would only apply to individuals. If you're ready. Individuals and not like, when, when you say individuals, what do you mean? So it seems as though there's a, a several groups who sell on G2A. Uh, and so the third party would mean like the, the eBay-esque stuff, like the stuff that just comes from users. But I see where Lucio's already going, which is, in theory, if you got this key in a bundle, the developer already got paid for that key. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So why should they get another 10%? Great question. Well, Moving on. <laughs> Excellent. I like. I think that's actually the amount of thought that G2A gave it to this, but go ahead. Uh, number two, priority placement. Developer managed auctions will be listed first above third-party sellers to provide more visibility and transparency. Developers will also be able to create their own custom storefront featuring all their products and promotions. So they're going to give you a little bit more incentive to sell your game yourself on G2A, right? All right. I mean, that's great, but the only reason why we go to G2A is because I don't want to buy from whatever the developer see, wants to sell me from. I want to buy from somebody think, else at a discounted price. I think that's one of the issues that the Tiny Build was kind of raving about, right? Because they were like, oh, well, G2A wants us to work with them and sell directly, but we're not going to sell games at that deeply is slashed price. Right, right. Um, number three, 
Uh, chargeback protection. G2A offers G2A pay with free integration to developers as a protection on their own websites to mitigate their risk factors, especially beneficial for small developers, beginners, and those who feel that their security systems are not sufficient. So, so basically... Oh, go ahead. It, oh, I was just going to say, so it's a protection for, let, let's say uh, let's say we make a, a totally sweet game and we go to sell it on enemyslime.com um, and someone comes along with a stolen credit card, buys 50 copies, and then does a chargeback to us. Um, the concept here is we could have circumvented this entire thing by selling our keys on G2A because they'll eat that chargeback. Right. That's the idea. And I think I think that was like one thing that Tiny Boat said. Oh, these chargebacks are—it's a great deal. So, right, because a lot of Tiny Build's grievances come from them having their own store. They were trying yeah, to run their own right. storefront, um, which I think, in the general like indie marketplace, isn't something that most people are doing. It, it feels like most of them are content to distribute their games through Steam. And, and probably aren't having a lot of problems with chargebacks, but maybe I'm off base. I'm not. But, well, 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 and let me let me let me well, say with chargebacks little... in the case of Steam. Steam would eat the chargeback. That 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 that, that kind of takes us back to the original feud between G2A and Tiny Bot a little bit, because part of what was kind of bizarre about it is that it's it's clear that. Tiny Build had like a lot of holes and a lot of things that could slip through the cracks because they were selling on their store, but they were also working with like a ton of other. Of other distributors, right, so right. Like, like Humble Bundle, Infinity Bundle, and Steam, and and, uh, and, and at least one distributor um, who saw fit to sell their keys on G two A. Yeah, and you have to remember that, like, fucking, they give up keys like what motherfuckers. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those keys weren't from like, you know, some guy that was on that like Punch Club stream, where they were like dropping keys, like, you know, like. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, they're they're pretty liberal with how they give out uh, game keys, and I'm sure that that has. I mean, that's just a risk that you run, right? As you come and, up, and you come up with a press list, and you send someone a key, and they look at it and they say, "Well, I don't have time to cover this game, so I'll sell it on G2A." Which, and not only that, they gave and, it and away it, like fucking Twitch. Yeah, yeah, that's right. true too. And and that that all goes back to say is that if you're trying to run your own store. Um, you know, and, and for several reasons, Tiny Build can't afford to do this, right? Because they're small, um, you know, they have to keep in mind their upkeep, they have to get their games out. But anyone that kind of sells on their own store, uh, it's exclusive kind of through their marketplace, or it's on, on very few other marketplaces, so that you kind of have to go to them. And this, of course, counts for, like, Blizzard and um, EA and all that. We're like, okay, you have to download our platform and buy through there. But it also goes for some indies. Some indies are like, okay, you can get my Steam. I do my web page and use PayPal, or you can get it on Steam, and that's it. Um, so, so, so that's what was a little off about Tiny Build's marketing strategy. Like, sure, you want your store to work, but in that case, you have to give people a lot of incentive to come to just your store. Well, and that's why you're that's why you're losing money when you sell through Steam because Steam is covering a lot of the protections that you would get. You know, I mean, you, 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 people tend to look at like Steam's cut when they sell a game as, you know, just being Valve making money, but there are services that they're giving you on top of that by. One of them is it in the chargebacks. Right, exactly. Uh, and, and so, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter where you go, you're always going to deal with that. Um, number four. And, and, and running a store is complicated. And sure. 
you know, it's not as easy as it sounds. So, you know, it's you're paying for not having to do that. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, four is dedicated database access. Developers will have access to our database information to verify sales, volume, and timing to track the life cycle of every key and identify illegal practices. So uh, not, not a lot bad to say there. Uh, yeah, that's good. Dedicated account managers. We're expanding our dedicated account manager model to support developers and to resolve any questions or issues, especially those related to security concerns. Um, pretty vague. Uh, number six, developer funding option. Many gamers wish to support their favorite developers. For the first time, they will be able to contribute funds directly through an additional button on the developer's product page. Oh, so it's like when Nexus put in PayPal. I would think of it more like... Um, so, like, when you buy something on Humble Bundle, you can pick how everything is distributed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like that, except you're paying a little extra. But, you know, it's kind of like giving someone a tip. So, like, I buy a third-party key, but I'll tip the developer a dollar, you know? <laughs> something like that. Here you go, toots. Don't spend it all in one place. Uh, and then number seven is expansive global access multi-language translation program expands exposure for developers to our 10 million global customers who are eager for new games from indie developers. Uh, see, that's a problem because that's just going to make it more appealing to all those Russians who are hiding out on the deep web. <laughs> well, and so uh, they've, they've, joking, but... they've kind of skirted around Tiny Build's big complaint, which is that they want... Uh, they want two things, which I think are actually kind of impractical. Uh, one, they want developers to be able to set a minimum price for their game on the program. Uh, so I can, I would go on there and be like, hey, you know, it's great that we're all selling, you know, aftermarket copies of, of uh, Doom, but I would appreciate it if we could not sell it for less than $20. So they would do something like that. Um, and then the other thing that they want, and I think more importantly, the thing that they're looking for is they want G2A to... Uh, Cash dollar dollar bill? They want them to do more uh, verification of their merchants uh, to make oh, sure yeah, that they're, they're legitimate, which, which is reasonable, but difficult to... I don't know. I, I mean, they, they, had, they had in their blog a suggestion of how they could go about doing it, and I, I don't remember what the specifics were off the top of my head. But I think I think what you pointed out is like kind of exactly correct. Is that um, and you know I don't I don't I don't use G2A. I, I feel like each time I do use it, I have to go ahead and open up malware bytes. Um, yep. So so I I, I I don't quite know how it works. I don't quite know how you sell stuff on there. But I feel like what you told me is everything I need to know about how if you get something in like a, a bundle deal, right, or in a flash sale. And it's for a ton of games that you do want and for a couple of games that you don't. And you go back and you kind of resell it. It's like, how do you police that individually? How do you decide he's different from the guy who went on the deep web and got your key there? Well, and so he does make a good point here in uh, so their, their suggestions, uh, which is he, he basically says, uh, I, I made an account on G2A and within an hour I was able to sell a ton of keys without any verification whatsoever. Um, and e- even like a site like eBay doesn't let you do that. They'll ask you to provide IDs, uh, you know, uh, tie the account to your bank account or confirm your address or something like that. Um, and so I think he's hoping that they would do just a little more like that. Where yeah, a- as of right now, I can just register with a fake email address 
and uh, and start selling keys immediately. And I That's mean, fair. you can't even register a Gmail account without a phone number anymore. Like, yeah, everybody else is kind of on board with stuff like that. So, um, but the problem is, is that if G two A does that kind of stuff, they're not going to get their sweet sweet deals. And another website is going to appear and do all the shady shit that G2A used to do and undercut all of their prices. And now they just put themselves out of business to, you know, appease it. To appease tiny build. Right, right. You know, I, I, I don't see any problem with it. And it's a lot more. I, th- I think when this all started, Michael was very kind of um, anti-G2A. And frankly, I, I didn't really care. And, and to me, this whole thing was just kind of a nasty feud that that uh, wasn't going anywhere, but it looks like G2A kind of took the higher ground. They're willing to try and find a compromise. Who knows if Tiny Build will be happy because Tiny Build was like really, really angry. Uh, so we'll see. But my comparison to it was uh, kind of like GameStop because because Tiny Build specifically said that it facilitates like black market exercises, and, um, and which it, which think, it does. Which is like, yeah, yeah. But I think I think I think my comparison was kind of uh, to GameStop and to Game in the UK, mm-hmm. um, where, yeah, yeah, their their whole thing is kind of like uh, aftermarket and uh, and second market games, right? That's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they, they take these, they take their youth games, whatever, uh, they sell them back at full price, and that's, that's, that's how they stay in business. Um, and my comparison was basically, look, if you find a bunch of games that fell off the back of the truck and bring them into GameStop, you can't accuse GameStop of being the black market. Um, but at this point, at this point, with all the G2A's changes, with the, the seven-point program that they're suggesting, that actually puts them on higher ground than GameStop, because GameStop was not fucking willing to work with anyone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> GameStop, like... Fuck you guys! We're gonna do what we're do. So G two A's already like got um, I, 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 I slightly slightly admirable. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call them like brilliant genius, but I think that's at least they're willing to try and work and compromise, yeah. or or at least create the appearance of it. Um, yeah. But I yeah. mean, you know, it's it's like I said, like you you can't you 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 can't go to the mafia and be like, stop doing illegal things. <laughs> <laughs> because if they stop doing the illegal things. Someone else will do the illegal things. Uh, yeah, right. This right. is this is. I, I don't think it's a market that you can kill. Right. And it's, it's, period. you have real mafias that did that. It was like there might stop, be a you, wars. You told the Italian mafia to do the, to start doing it. The Russian mafia did it. You told the Russian mafia to stop. The Mexican mafia did it. It's going to keep happening. So I mean, yeah, the, like G two A might be replaced with like RussianStolenKeys.com, You know. <laughs> right. I mean, we're lucky that we're lucky that they are, aren't uh, less obscured than they are now. Like, we yeah. may as well just be going to like illegalshit.com. Yep. Um, and I've seen a lot of people Cheaty downloads. I've seen a lot of people echo a sentiment of like, I would rather have someone pirate my game than buy it on G2A. And, and I yeah, get, so. I get that. Like, I understand why you would feel that way. Um, but it's just it's it's a market that's going to get worse before it gets better. Like you're just yeah. going to see more and more of this. And I mean, there's stuff that we can do. But the things that we can do to curb this, it's not it's not controlling G2A because, like I said, if they get in line, there's just going to be a new one. Um, it, instead, it's it's going to be things like DRM and other upsetting things like that. You know? Yeah. 
probably which is, going to which is what happened in the, which is again what happened with the GameStop comparison right I mean that's the that's the funny thing is like indies are just kind of being introduced to this problem but uh, the AAA market has been dealing with this forever <laughs> right um, and and they've tried their best to stop it and look how everybody loved Microsoft's last attempt <laughs> oh yeah that was, that was, oh, well. it went great I, I, I just get all my games from Kazaa anyway <laughs> you know, I used back in the day, especially when I went to LAN parties, because LAN parties are basically like it's half playing games, but it's also half exchanging pirated content and pornography. <laughs> and I used to I used to pirate quite a bit of shit, but it has been a very long time uh, since I did anything like that. I've been a very good boy lately. And, and, uh, and you know, I think part of it is because it is so easy to get games now at like a... Uh, um, at, at a deal or just like easy to get access to the worst thing. That's true. I'd much I mean, rather summer sales and things like that. Like I, right. I feel like PC gaming in particular, the pricing has gotten a lot more competitive than it was back when I was, um, you know, playing games that I maybe hadn't paid for. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that, I think that if I, or now what I do is that with steam, I'll put a game that I'm kind of interested in, but I want to pay full price on. I'll put like, um, on my wish list or something it's like oh hey gambling wishes is on sale i'm like oh great uh it's a perfect present i'm gonna jump on that and even with the con i well not consoles but i can at least say with sony um you know it incentivizes me to be like a playstation plus member it mm-hmm. incentivizes me to kind of um uh download games now rather than paying the extra taxes and all that yeah bring it shipped in so 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 they found a way to 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 do it that makes um that makes it more beneficial and easier than the uh, pirating game. I think if you pirate again these days, um, you know, it, 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 it's hard to find someone who's cracked it, who's trustworthy, who's not also trying to install your show that's on the viruses and backdoors and um, all that. I think, it's, I think it's hard to find all the components you need. I think it's hard to find games in general because they are so easy to get access to these days. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I also, especially with indies, there's not very many titles where I've been like, oh, I got to play this so bad, but I don't have $15. Right. It's typically not a not a huge issue. But Well, if we keep trying to, like, bring the, all the prices up as a bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we keep getting more copies of The Witness um, and stuff like that, maybe maybe they'll bring that market back. Um, but for the most part, it, it's never really been a big issue for me, I don't think. Um, let's talk about some games, actually, before we... Talk about some games. Yeah, before we dwell too long on this. I, I want to get Mirror's Edge out of the way, because you played it forever ago. It came out forever yep. ago. And I don't remember what... The first time we like ran out of time or something, and then it was E3, yep. and and then last week I was out of town, so we didn't do a podcast. So, oh so God, I, Lucia! I, 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 I uh, my first question is this: Is faith broken, and how broken is she? What do you mean, is broken? Like broken as a I, woman? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I broken as a woman. All, all the trailers start out with, "Hey, faith, you're broken." So, is she broken? No, she's just kind of an asshole. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, but no, she's not particularly broken. Yeah, it's. All the characters are horrible, horrible people. <laughs> like, I, like, are they, are they, are they kind of Game of Thrones horrible, or are they horrible in the sense that you go to like an Irish bar in the middle of nowhere 
and someone's trying to start a fight for no reason. It's horrible in the sense of like, I don't want to spend any more time with you than I absolutely have to. In that sense. Uh, uh, so, so it's like sitting with your lawyer. Yeah, there you go. Kind of like that, except uh, I guess, you know, you're not forced to, to like, you know, play with your lawyer for hours. So tell me if this gives you the same vibe uh, that it gives me. Um, and that is to say that Mirror's Edge fans, I feel like, are a very, very, very vocal minority. And um, <laughs> now that the game has come out and everybody got their game, I feel like I've never heard mention of it again. Like, it, it's completely vanished from our collective consciousness. Is that because it's not a good game? Yes. Or... Um, oh, well, that was easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's exactly what. So I, I like the first, um, the first Mirror Search. Um, it wasn't great, but I felt it was, you know, it was one of the things where it, it was a weird game that fucking EA was releasing of all people, you know, that had a completely original premise with like revolutionary gameplay. It was one of the things where you felt like this is something that you're never going to see again, right? Sure. Um, and so you know, I got a sequel and I was like, oh, maybe they will fix all these problems that the, the fucking first game had. And they didn't. Instead, they made a Ubisoft game. So... <laughs> so, uh, so uh, my, my question is, is kind of this, because when I, I, I think I posted the first 30 minutes of gameplay and, and we commented a little bit about it, and um, uh, Jared talked about how it's a controlled nightmare, but I had a slightly different thing, because... Mirror's Edge and, and Skate was like this, and the reason I mentioned Skate is because they were both EA. Um, they both did something interesting where they gave you full control of what the game was supposed to be about. So Skate was full control over skateboarding and it's about skating. Uh, with the first Mirror's Edge, it was about like uh, free running, so they gave you full control over free running. And right. so, yeah, yeah, you had to push a, a ton of weird buttons to get base up a building. You had to go like left, right, left, right, whatever. Um, but it felt like you were kind of, for me, it felt like you were free-running. Right, in, yeah, I, it felt good, at least to me, anyway. Right, right. So, so but two looked very simplified, and, and I, I want to ask, like, is it simplified? Is it, does, it, does it still feel like you're that free-runner, or does it just feel like another kind of automated push-forward-and-go kind of thing? It actually feels very good, but, and this is a big but, um, you have to... Um, unlock all of the moves first. Are you serious? So, like, once you unlock the shit, it feels great, but it's like... Like, you start a game and you can't slide, and you're like, oh, well, why can't I slide? <laughs> so, you know, like, it's, it's basic shit like that, you think, oh, well, That's you know... That's fucking awful. So, I remember, yeah. you know, I remember this reminds me of a story, and, and again, skating game, uh, um... It was Tony Hawk, American Wasteland, and it took halfway into the video game to unlock shit. It was to the point um, where I had gotten halfway into the game, and you're like, are you serious? I, I still haven't unlocked how to ollie. Um, it's still like that, yeah. Like, you know, like <laughs> basic skills, like, you know, you can, you need to unlock the slide. And that's, like, that's like awful. That. that was fucking awful. So, yeah, you know, it's, it, why is it even there? Um, the, the, and the thing is, I, once you unlock all of the shit, um, it becomes kind of, um, faith becomes kind of overpowered. 
So there's this whole like fighting system now. Okay. And um, whatever you know, I unlock everything in the fighting system. Um, there's a lot of upgrades. So in the last level, there's this one section where you're running down a hallway, and you turn into a corner, and there's like a bunch of cops. Right. And the game clearly wants you to run away. I think and I think I, Doug knows what that's like. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a day in the life for Doug. The dialogue is like, oh my god, you gotta run, you know, find me an open door or whatever. Um, I just like fucking tore them apart. <laughs> <laughs> so right, and it, this is this, this comes from the game where you you shit at fighting, you couldn't fight, you had to like run for it. Right, like so in the first one you couldn't fight, and that kind of made you. You know, vulnerable and made you want to, to free run. The problem with the first one is that then they threw you in situations where you had to fight. Right. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the opposite. Um, where you you don't have to to fight. Um, but you're so good at fighting that you just kind of might as well... May as well, may as well stop them from coming after you. Yeah, yeah and the, yeah. Eye, the eye of the enemies is so bad that it's so easy to kick him off ledges. Where <laughs> like, they're like, oh no, you have all these cops after you. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You, you know the the, the the huge problem with Mirror's Edge uh, uh, Catalyst for Capitalism, whatever what they call it, is that it, it it sounded like all of the changes were trying to make it a very kind of Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah, it's a big, the, it's a Ubisoft game. Yeah, to the to the point to the point where they did too good a job of replicating Assassin's Creed because rather than fighting their awful AI, just throw everyone off rooftops. Pretty much. Uh, oh my god! I, I, it has this thing. It even has tower climbing. Or uh, of thank tower god. Climbing. Yeah, that's what all games need more of: tower climbing. No, yeah, it worked great for. for well, it's for, kind of it's kind of justified in a game that is about climbing, like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not it's, like it's not like they're like drive your car up there. <laughs> but I think I I I think Jared you said <laughs> I think Jared you said um something something that was um I I think you said the city looks too clean. I don't know if is I that said you? that. Oh, me. oh, that was you. Yeah, it's like that's, there's that's kind this. Of it. Isn't it supposed to be like? Isn't it like this dystopian? Uh, well, that's the problem. I mean, it's like it's supposed to be this dystopian city, but well, but not in the vein of like, uh, like a like a Half Life Two or an occupied city, but more in the vein of like a controlling, like full control. I don't know. I never, I never played that much of Mirror's Edge. I found it too cumbersome, and I see. I thought in the first game it was just. It was just kind of like an aesthetic choice. I thought it was like just white and red, and that's the aesthetic. Well, probably, I think it, I think it probably was. It was it was like, do you know how to make good graphics? And he's like, no. Do you know how to make good <laughs> graphics? And he's like, oh shit. <laughs> but now we just have to continue that. I, I don't really. I mean, I don't know as much of the plot. So, but but to me, I'm actually pretty okay with how everything is like as spotless as Disneyland. You know. Um, the problem is that they, they talk see, a lot about like this dystopian government that's controlling everything. Yeah. But there seems to be like no like persons being hurt by this. It's like like, oh, like, like no problem, right? Like like, right, like uh, you know like you know we, there's we these it, people they call it. the employees. Mm-hmm. That are like um 
you know, they're basically, I don't know if you're familiar with like um, wage slaves from like the Gibson type of cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the people that are like stuck in a job where they have to work 16 hours a day uh, because they know that if they don't, somebody else is going to get their job. Um, but like you, you listen to their like the conversations. Lucio, in Lucio. Shit. Yeah, that's just called real life. But go ahead. So in- yeah, yeah. It's like they're actually they actually have a pretty good like. I think there were people who would like to have the jobs that the uh, wage slaves have in this setting. What if somebody? Yeah, but, what if but, somebody but made you pick up a can? Listen. <laughs> he knocks it over and he's like, "Pick up." So the things like I'm supposed to like hate the cops for stuff like that, right? But like I'm kicking them off rooftop, so I don't see why they shouldn't shoot me on sight. <laughs> It really, it really reminds me of the disconnect that I had in, um, in um, Watch Dogs, where it was like, you didn't even kill these security cards because they're evil. But it's like, then you would open up your phone and hack one of them, and it would say, is planning his daughter's birthday party. Wants to go to vacation <laughs> in Cancun. <laughs> like, oh yeah, these are the bad guys. I'm supposed to kill them for no reason. Yep. Yeah, there's a little disconnect there in learning too much about the random uh, uh, henchmen that you dispatch of. Well, and, and, and it works in games like, you know, it, it it works in games like The Witcher 3, which I just went back to, and um, and then like Arkham, where every time someone's talking, it's like something disgusting. Even, even in Fallout, right? In Fallout 4, you'd be like, yeah, and I hacked that bitch to bits, and then I fucked the the hip bone that was exposed. Well, yeah, like, yeah, like like uh, like Quantum Break, I had that, where every time you stumble upon an, an enemy conversation, they're just saying like the most awful things that they can say <laughs> so that you don't feel guilty about mass murdering all of them. Because God forbid you kill a nice person. No one would ever do that in a video game. It would be too upsetting. Right. I don't know. Uh, but that's, that's, this, is kind of, this is kind of like why I like talking about these games on the podcast because... Um, it was a lot of the, a lot of the stuff leading up to Mirror's Edge being released sounded very worrying, such as putting things behind a skill tree. And yeah, it's Lucio like why would it. you even do that? Listening to Lucio describe it, it sounds worse than I imagined. <laughs> so overall, who who is going to be up most upset? Like, is is it? Is it something where we should be like happy because we got a Mirror's Edge sequel, or should we be mad because this was the Mirror's Edge sequel? I mean, it's the gameplay is actually good. The problem is that the game gets too much like in its own way. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it can't just let you have fun. Right, right. You can't just go running around and free running to your heart's content. You know, you have to have a mission where you have to deliver something in a specific amount of time, and it's... I don't know, man. Uh, that sucks. So, like, the actual gameplay is good, but I just wish it would let me play it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. I, I think, you know, it's... it's it's um. Again, I went back to The Witcher 3. I'm sorry to keep bringing this back up. I, I went to The Witcher 3, and I think the thing I love so much about it, and but and the same reason that I didn't finish the game and again, and you were close to finishing it is that you would do something in the Witcher, right? You're like, Oh, that sounds interesting. I want to do that quest. And then that quest would be due to a huge fucking city or whatever. And you're like, Oh, there's shit to do in this city. I can hang out here for a while. And then, 
Uh, it's like that one would lead you to maybe an isolated island somewhere. And you just kind of went with the flow. There was no one saying, oh, you can't go here now. If you go here, you're going to desync. Um, you know, there's no one saying that. Oh, you have to run here within this amount of time and just guiding you from one thing to the next. So, um, I, and, and it's also especially depressing because, it, you know, I, I, I don't remember Mirror's Edge that well, but EA, when they want to be, they're good about that kind of freedom in their games. Um, and, and, and to hear that, like, Mirror's Edge is just kind of lacking it, is, is especially in a game that's, that's kind of just about um, city exploration and free running. The problem, yeah, it's about city exploration and free running, but you better run away very fast. Oh, like, yeah. the actual story missions can be great. There's this really awesome one where, like, the, uh, I guess the analogous of, like, the Marxist anti-corporate people blew up this building that you're on. You have to run away while the building is falling apart. <laughs> These are the good guys. Huh? Those are the good guys. Those are the good guys, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It's Like I said, everybody, it's like fucking an asshole and they hate them. <laughs> Nobody endears themselves very well in this game. Um, uh, so, so, you know, you're running away as the building is falling apart. And then, like, you know, you finish that mission and you're like, oh, well... You know, go deliver this message in less than 30 seconds. It's, it's kind of like a big downer. Is it a... Uh, I'm just I'm just looking it up because I was curious. Is it a, a reboot? It's a re-sequel. So it's... Yeah. So, so it's like a soft reboot. Okay, yeah. A soft reboot. That's, uh, that's worse. I didn't realize they were doing that either. Okay, all right. Well, I can see why we're... And did Mirror's Edge have any need a reboot? Why? I I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of old. That's about it. All right. Well, I didn't the, know it was uh, a reboot. The other thing because... you're talking about it being a reboot is like the characters are weird. Uh huh. Like there's this one guy, like this old guy that you know. I found out later on that he he raised Faith when her parents were murdered by the evil corporations. Right, and that's why faith is broken. Right. But they don't tell you that for a while. And, like, the first time they meet after she gets out of prison, it's, you know, it's very, like, romantic. Um, You know, it's like a very romantic thing. So I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, she's in love with an older guy, whatever, you know, I don't have a problem with that. And then, like, I'm reading one of the tooltips, and he's like, oh, find out how... Faith got into Juby um, by reading this comic book, and I'm like, first of all, you're sending me your fucking comic book. <laughs> the two tips of your of your, Which of your game fantastically for World of Warcraft. Uh, um, so there's that, but you know, aside from that, it's like she's in Juby. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> but yeah, how uh, old is she? That was she was in Juby. I guess she has to be less than eighteen because she was in Juby. What the fuck? Exactly. This is it, uh... Oh, but... I'm uh, uh, sorry to interrupt that, Jack. Can I say that's like a number one kind of fucking pet peeve of mine? Um, and this is why so many... Not not just video games. This really goes for anything. It goes for movies. It goes for TV shows. But video games love doing this shit. I always fucking hate it when people take a vital piece of information, something that you should know in order to understand the story, 
and then save it like it's some kind of fucking um, spoiler, big plot twist, or big revelation. It's like, I should know that the reason Faith and that older man are so so close is because he's like her adopted father. You shouldn't say that as a surprise later on, because I would assume that you thought, oh, these two are fucking. It would also really help if the person that wrote that scene had the skill to make it look like a father-daughter relationship and not like they're fucking. Because I was really uncomfortable for a second there, and I was like, "Ah, it's, it's I mean, not really how I, mean, I say hi to my daughter." You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't know Lucio. His dad might be Jamie Lannister. I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe they're just French. <laughs> I mean, she's Asian, so you know that's kind of close to France, I guess. Yeah, they're like right by each other. Yeah, I think yeah, I remember yeah. that from geography. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, you gotta fold the map a couple times, but it's Fra- doable. Fra- Fra- France is one shaped like a boot, right? Yeah, that's the one. Old. That's they. They call it. They call it the old kicker country because it's known for its boot shape. And they're also the one that left the EU this last week. Yeah, that's them. Classic France. Those Frenchies. They just can't quit. And they're always going on and on they about just their. Stop quitting the EU. They can't stop eating that gabagool. They, they like what? What else do they like in in France? They like uh, uh, caviar. Caviar, big big time, big little nice little tin of caviar. Well, they, they, they are very they, they're very good, um, you know, producers of caviar because they're right next to the Persian Gulf. It's actually impressive that they can eat that caviar with chopsticks too. It's impressive <laughs> that they that they that they eat that caviar with chopsticks and they mix it with hummus and uh, they don't mind having that with a nice side of sweetbreads. Yeah, delicious. Family favorite. I I won't lie, guys. I won't lie. If we keep talking about Mirror's Edge, I'm going to fall asleep. I've yawned like seven times. I don't know why, but I just I don't like this property. We were talking about France. I know, but I I just (laughs) I just want to make sure we're clear that we can't go back to Mirror's Edge now. We're done. We've moved on. We're just the rest of the podcast needs to just be misinformation regarding countries. Uh, (laughs) And then I'm okay with it. did, Did you know how many countries are inside Africa? Um, I was just looking at a map of Africa today, um, and I thirty-seven. I, I, yeah, it's 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 like a few. I can sing them if you want me to sing them to you. Sing them to me. Do you really, do you really want me to sing you the Africa song? Yeah, sing me the Africa song. Okay, let's see how far I can get. Are you ready? This is gonna be the best podcast ever. Africa. No. Africa. No. <laughs> Wait. Do you do you have a different <laughs> do you have a different Africa song? Oh man, I'm just saying Africa in a melodic way. <laughs> There is no Africa song. <laughs> no, there is. It goes. It's Cape Verde, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, Sudan, <laughs> and Chad, and Niger. I can keep going all fucking day. I really can. I know them all. No, 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 wait. Uh, Sudan is two countries now, bro. And well, that's you know, the problem. You know, is they they you teach you this all song. Two countries in Africa. You know, they they teach you this song, and they're like, guys, just so you know, uh, this song's not going to be of any value to you, and <laughs> like. 15 years because it's 15 years try 15 months i a lot of it's still right not m- most of that's still pretty solid uh but any anyway so do you want to talk about yeah. bastard bonds before we close up shop here oh are we already are we already at like the hour because i really want to hear about pigtails and do, do you do you even know what that is uh no <laughs> yeah that's what but i you, thought you don't know what bastard bond is i have I just figured I'd oh. I just figured I'd give you that chance instead of instead of talking about Tick's tales. Um, that, that, that's, I'll see if I can I, I'll see if I can make this quick. Bastard Bonds is a indie game that one guy worked on for two years, 
and it's a tactical RPG. Um, Did like you do a, good? There are some technical limitations to the game. Um, so, for example, your party management, right? Your your party management screen, it's the characters in your party, the four characters that are in your party, uh, they have, like, one slot for their weapon, one slot for their armor, uh, one slot for their relic, and then they have, like, two slots for whatever additional items you pick up. And you can't really manage your inventory while you're um, inside a, a battle map, or you can't manage your inventory on the main map. You have to actually go to your stronghold and manage your inventory there. And that, that, that to me is like, okay, well, you couldn't really get a proper menu going, so this is the only way that you could really manage your party. Um, but Bastard Bonds, you know, it's, it's got some technical limitations. There's still some stuff he's working out. There's stuff like um, the, the level of enemies is decided on your overall party menu. Uh, sorry, sorry, on your overall party level. And what that means is it calculates the, every single member of your party. And you can have a very big party. Uh, it calculates the average level of every single member which means there are some enemies you're going to fight that are too hard for some of your party to take, other enemies that are fight that are too easy for some of your party, and it means um, like your experience gains are all over your place. So like your higher, your stronger party members are going to get very little experience, or lower members are going to jump multiple experience levels, and it's a very odd system. So he patched it just today so that you can make it so that all party level, all enemy level is related to your um, party leader level. Uh-huh. So that's that. That's kind of uh, that's kind of made it a lot better, if you ask me, because it, it means that I know what difficulties I'm expecting. It means I don't have to pay a ton of attention to characters I don't necessarily like. Um, but to describe the game as simply as I can, um, uh, it, it it really reminds me of some of the old school CRPGs like Dark Sun and and like Daggerfall. Not even talking about Elder Scrolls. We're talking like Daggerfall. Um, where it's very ambitious, it has a lot going on, there's a lot of hidden systems, uh, and it's very difficult, but it's not very well explained. And if it hadn't been for, like, reading a uh, ton of forums and all that, there would be things about the game that I, I just wouldn't understand going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned it now, and now that I know this stuff, it's, like, great. I think it's one of the best... Um, CRPGs I've ever played, but it, but it, the game is very bad at explaining itself. Um, and, and he's got like one of the most amazing character customization systems I have ever seen. Um, not in terms of stats, but in terms of just kind of creating your character, because you have to remember everything is like a 2D sprite, but, um, he gives you a ton of options to, to, to make this, to make these sprites look however you want. I went ahead and I created my main character, who's this chick in like a pirate jacket and tight tights and her boots. But then I went ahead and made all my friends. So uh, um, I think I made Lucio like a businessman in a suit. Um, Sounds like her. Classic I, Lucio. Classic Lucio. I, I based yours off that super old RPG maker sprite that you used to run around with. The, you know, the blonde guy with the weird cape, all that stuff. Oh, from... Um... Uh, he's from Sweet Coden. Uh, is he really? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's Humphrey. Oh, uh, it is Humphrey. I never noticed that before. Yeah, um, shit, I haven't thought about that for a long time. Bastard, Bastard Bonds actually kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Sweet Coden, because, um, in addition to a massive party list and being able to find characters that you create, 
there are quite a few story characters, and the the entire point is getting your stronghold, getting the manpower to build your stronghold up, and uh, your stronghold is basically wherever you say it is. So if you fight in a level that's like I, I just fought in a, a fire dungeon, and I'm like everything is on fire, this is going to be my stronghold. Um, you need the manpower to maintain the stronghold to get that manpower. You could need people that bring the correct stats to you, so you have to recruit them. Um, so I can recruit you guys. It hasn't happened yet. I haven't run into any of you, but I know I can recruit you. There are story characters I can also recruit, and bonding with them gives me a little bit more of their story, and it gives me special items and benefits, and that's kind of why it's called Bastard Bonds. Um, so, so, so I really loved it because of its old-school feel. I really loved it because of um, that kind of sweet golden feel where it's like I can have this big party and, and a lot of characters matter and the characters that don't matter are my friends and whatever comes to my imagination. So uh, that's all been a lot of fun. Um, how, how long ago did this come out? This is completely flown under my radar. This came out back in April. And like I said, it's like just one guy working on it. And um, mm-hmm. and his other video games are interesting. <laughs> He's a very interesting dude. I think I think the first thing you notice with Bastard Bonds is um, uh, the story is this. You're, you're, you're accused of a crime and you're banished to a prison on like a remote island. So every single person you meet is a criminal. And it, and it, and it, um, it, it advertises itself as like an adult RPG. So like the crimes can be, can be anything in really vile. My, like my person was abandoned. And in comparison, that's kind of boring. But the... The crimes can include cannibalism. They can include rape. Um, there are things like, you know, malediction and buggery and all that kind of shit. I chose and, to be a quack. Yeah, he's supposed to be a quack. So, so Lucio is guilty of quackery. Wow, um, classic. I, I, I told him, give me the stupidest crime they have. Yeah, I, I feel like I got a stupider crime because I made my guy just indecent. indecent. <laughs> That's his biggest crime. Um... But the first thing you're going to notice when you play Bastard Bond is your is is on the character creation screen. You're going to see a lot of uh, naked sprites, a lot of naked men, a lot of naked women. But you're also going to see a lot of naked orcs. And I mean, they're really like it's all 2D, but they're like uh, you can see the meat and potatoes hanging out. So it's um, um, when I first played this game, I'm like, wow, this dude, he has some kind of orc fetish. And I did a little bit of research on him, and it's and I worked out that yes, he does indeed have a real orc fetish. Oh, that's nice! What, that's what he's into. My kind uh, of guy. Yeah. Who doesn't like a hot orc? Who doesn't like a hot orc? I <laughs> don't even talk to me anymore. Um, and then I I I, I looked up um, some of his other games, and and one of his other games is something called Locker Room Stalker, where your where your where your goal I think is to just to hide out. Inside lockers, wait for these big, worldly football players to come in. Um, wait for them to leave and do things like steal their jock straps and, and, and steal their like dirty underwear and all that kind of stuff. So um, uh, it's it uh, it interesting. Very, very kind of interesting. Uh, well, if I uh, wasn't sold before, <laughs> I'll tell um, you what. Uh, so a lot of a lot of a lot of that stuff is that. Um, uh, isn't necessarily present in Bastard Bonds, and I, I think when you very first play it, you're going to be hit by, oh, this is this is kind of, um, oh, this guy's trying real hard to be edgy, but it all works well, and he's actually written a really kind of nice narrative, and um, especially like the bonding sequences, like if there's um, 
it, it, it's hard to tell who's one of his pre-maids and who's an actual story character sometime, which would be one of my big complaints uh, when playing it, because you just kind of have to go through his list of pre-made characters and figure out who's showing up in the story that's an actual story character. Um, but, you know, I, I think other than that, working out who the story characters are and bonding with them and seeing their stories unfold, uh, it's really good. And, and there's, there's, there's not a lot to do in, in, in terms of combat, right? But you can... Uh, there are only nine stats that you have to fuck with, but you have to be very smart where you spend your stat points. And there are ways in which you can kind of um, change the way your character attacks. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to be like The Witcher, where you're going to get like this particularly sweet-looking armor that's going to change your appearance and this particularly sweet-looking sword. But you are going to be able to change how many tiles you can attack, how many times you can attack, um, you know, if you're casting magic or if you're, you're doing physical attacks and all that kind of shit. So... Uh, it, it, it looks like it's very shallow when you start playing it, but as you get deeper in, you realize there's, you realize there's a lot more to it than that. Hmm. Interesting. All right, well, Bastard Bonds, uh, available now. And uh, like I said, wasn't even on my radar, so that's kind of cool. By the way, by the way, by the way, Jared, yeah. um, you're a slaver. Oh, yeah, that's the given. Yeah, I mean, you know, we know how much of a slave driver you are. Yeah, I mean, I, that's just true to life at some point. <laughs> All right, well, I'm glad to hear that you guys think so highly of me. <laughs> Come on, it's been a while since we haven't given you a hard time. Uh, yeah, you gotta, gotta give me an old ribbon. If, 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 if you like, you're not actually guilty of being a slaver. You're innocent. Oh, well, nice. But, but you are... Uh, well, he's in jail for being a slaver. I don't care anyway. I would, you know... I mean, actually, I would find that more upsetting because I can't think of something worse than being put in jail for something that you didn't do. <laughs> I would much rather be put in jail for something that I did and enjoyed. Yeah. See, that's the funny thing, because if, if you did it and enjoyed it, unless it's a crime like rape, um, then you actually get neutral. Uh, you get a neutral alignment. Um, if you're accused of a crime and you say you're innocent, uh, then you get a, a lawful alignment. And if you if you did the crime, but you if you lie and say you're not guilty, then you, you're you get an evil alignment. But actually saying that I did the crime and I fucking took pleasure in it, I fucking enjoyed it. It was great. You're neutral. You're yeah. Neutral alignment. <laughs> well, nice score. All right. Um. I do want to mention, so we'll, we can save uh, some of these other games, like Tick's Tales. For... I, I wonder, what is it? What is it? What's Tick's Tales? <laughs> uh, it's an adventure game. Um, just a just a pixel point and click, uh, like a, like an indie version of like a Monkey Island or a King's Quest or something like that. Um, we can we can talk about it later. I, I don't know that it's a long discussion, but um, there there might be some little things to discuss there. Because uh, I, I like adventure games, I have a soft spot for them. And um, this isn't a great game, but like it scratches the itch a little bit. So sometimes it's all you can hope for. <laughs> but um, I do want to mention endorsement. You know, you know what this game is good, but it does. And, and I just want to mention this, and, and it's going to be real quick. You know what didn't scratch that itch? What? Fucking Telltale Game of Thrones. No, uh, they don't scratch that itch even remotely. Um, not, not, not even remotely. I don't, I don't not even, even think, I don't even think their best games scratch that itch. Like, a Telltale has found something that they're good at. Bless their sweet little hearts. 
Um, but adventure games was not really one of those things, like like the old Sam and Max and Monkey Island titles that they did. Yeah, that's true. They're okay, and I have to say it about that long. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it varies, but I was I was incredibly disappointed with um, with Telltale Game One Thrones. Yeah, yeah, it was it it, it was definitely bad. <laughs> it was shame on shame on it. So as I was as I was going to say, I do want to mention that uh, this not this Friday, but the Friday after July eighth, uh, the Leonardo uh, Museum in downtown Salt Lake City will be hosting a video game night, and uh, not only will our good friends at the Utah Games Guild uh, be present and demoing some of their games there, but we will be present. Uh, as enemy slime, or at least two of us will be. I, th- I think just two is the count currently. Are you um, going to be presenting your exciting game? Uh, yeah, we're going to bring our first build of Crown of Beards. And <laughs> so, so you have a guy. You guys, you guys have a town called Leonardo. Uh, it's the museum. It's the oh, museum okay. is called that, the that, Leonardo. That's less good. I was hoping you lived in Leonardo, Leonardo. No, that'd be pretty dope. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, with this round, clerks. But no, it is it is just our it is just our museum. It's named after Leonardo DiCaprio, the famous actor. And um, after he won the Oscar. Uh, no, we did it before. We liked Leo. We liked Leo way before then. Did so. you do it after Titanic? Was that it? Yeah, that was it. That was the catalyst. <laughs> so they're like, they're like, hey guys, Titanic just came out. It was a smash hit. This is what we do in you ten years. You made me I didn't know. Let's wait ten years and then build a museum and name it after Leonardo DiCaprio. How easy is it to get a museum named after yourself in Utah? Um. Well, I mean, probably pretty difficult uh, because uh. we only have like three. So <laughs> I would think that it's actually uh, a little bit harder than you would expect. Now, how easy is it to just open a museum in Utah? That's the question we should be asking. Uh, and we should start working on that. But anyway, come see us uh, next next Friday. It'll be great. We'll have we'll have a good time. I promise. I swear to you. And uh, I'll probably mention this again next next podcast with a little more detail uh, and specifics about the event. But just planting that seed right now. Uh, if you enjoyed our podcast this week, I would, of course, encourage you to go check out our website, EnemySlime.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we are at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. And uh, I think that's everything. So Tick's Tales next week. You're going to love it. I promise. Yay. Uh, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll find something else. Anyway, with that, 